All right, here's what we're going to do. We're in part two of a series called Who's Counting on You? And then we're going to jump into this video, and it's a, it's a little drama here that we're going to watch on video, which is awesome. Just uh, waiting for my buddy, my, my neighbor, Dave. Had to run back inside. He was out here a second ago. He had a phone call from his lawyer or something. I don't know. He's kind of going through a, a tough time right now, you know. He's funny. <laughs> He just moved in a few months ago, and he, he talks to me all the time, you know. And I, I'm not really much of a talker, you know. I, I know maybe like three of my neighbors on my entire street, you know. I, I don't really even know their names. Uh, my wife and I, we just come up with nicknames so we can remember who they are. Like Red Door lives across the street. Uh, Crazy Dog is over there. <clears throat> and then uh, 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 Bill Rick is uh, right here. Uh, for the first six months, uh, he lived here. I called him Bill. Uh, then found out his name was Rick. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, but, you know, I don't really talk to my neighbors. They don't really talk to me, and I, and I like that. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Chatty Kathy moved in, and uh, it just kind of ruined all that. Um, and, you know, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, he, he's, he's a nice guy. He, he's a real nice guy. Uh, you know, he's just kind of gone through some stuff, and, uh, you know, he, he, needs, he needs Jesus, really. Um, you know, but... I don't really feel, you know, comfortable talking about stuff like that, you know. I, mean, I, I have a tough enough time just talking about regular stuff, let alone talking about God, you know. I mean, I, you know, what do you say, really? I mean, how do you even broach the subject, you know? Hey, man. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Oh, hey, that. no problem. Yeah. Everything, everything okay? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it will be. It's just yeah. ex-wife stuff. Sure. Uh, which can get crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I'm, um, I was just kind of thinking about something a second ago. Um, ah, spit it out. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, uh, oh, I just hope I don't offend you uh, by saying this, but, you know, um, I've kind of been through some stuff, you know, and, and it seems like you're kind of going through some stuff. And, you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus really helped me, uh, and, and I think that maybe, um, you know, Jesus could help you too. Jesus from, from the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Jesus yeah. can help me? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, how, how dare you? No, how dare you come off judging me oh, like no, no, this? Oh, no, 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 no. no, no I mean, who do you think you are? I mean, this is crazy. You know, I mean, you've got this little magic book telling you how to save the world. And, oh, there's a guy. Let's save him. No, no. Is that what this is? No. You know, look, if you come up to me talking about God again... So help me, God, I will punch you in the face. Okay, you know, it probably wouldn't happen like that exactly. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really know the guy all that well. I don't know what he would say. I don't know what he would, what he would do. I mean, the other thing is, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to come across like this, you know, super Christian Bible boy guy, you know, cramming God down everybody's throat. I don't, I don't want him to think I'm like that. Hey, man, um, sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Everything, everything okay? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. It's just ex-wife stuff. It, it, it can get crazy. Sure, sure. So. You know, I have a friend. I have a friend who can help you. Actually, I've, uh, I've got a lawyer, so I'm... I'm oh, no, lawyer. no. He's no lawyer. <laughs> He's a Jewish carpenter. And he's my co-pilot. 
I'd, uh, I'd love to introduce him to you sometime. Would you care to break bread with me? John, I, what is this? Are you okay? Are you doing all right? Am I okay? Well, <laughs> Am yeah, I, I mean... okay? <laughs> Buddy, I've been bought with the blood. I'm lost in his love, forgiven, freed. I'm of Abraham's seed. I'm dressed in his best. Say what? I'm dressed in his best. Too blessed to be depressed. I'm exalted and highly favored. So somebody shout! Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Okay, definitely don't want him to think I'm that guy. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm looking at this like way too negatively. Maybe this is, you know, maybe like he'd be open to this. Maybe, maybe this isn't nearly as difficult as I think it would be. Hey man, um, sorry about that. Hey, no problem. Everything okay? Yeah, yeah, it's just it's ex-wife stuff. It can get, it can get crazy. But. Sure, sure. I mean, it's a, it's a tough, tough thing you're going through. You know, if there's, if there's anything stop. I can... I want what you have. You look at you, man. I mean, you're always happy. I can see it all the time, really. You know, in fact, I see this tangible aura round about you. Really. It's, it's like you're glowing, you know? Really? Yeah. Cool. Glowing. Cool. And, and I want that. In fact, I, I need that. Can you lead me to Christ? Can you pray with me? Here, right now. I'm ready. That's not going to happen. <laughs> just, this, this whole thing, it's like, the, it just freaks me out. And the, the more I think about it, the more I build it up in my head, then I get nervous, then I get sweaty. But what if I say something that's just like ridiculous, so stupid, you know, I just make a complete fool out of myself. He tells all the neighbors, you know, all the kids are running away from me scared. Oh, the crazy Christian guy. What if I, what if I say something that's like, that's like not even in the Bible? <laughs> you know, it's just like way off base. You know, he's going to ask questions. I'm not a, I'm not a, not a preacher, uh, a Bible scholar, you know? There's like so many things I could see just like how this would go terribly wrong. It's like I don't even, even want to think about it. You know, on the other hand, <laughs> what's, what's the alternative? What, what, if I, what if I just say nothing? What if I said nothing? Here, here's this guy. He, he needs help. You know, he, he's giving me an open door. What, I'm not, I'm not going to walk through it? I mean, like, like, what if, okay, what if this is like his last chance, okay? Like, like I'm his last shot, at, at, at hearing about Christ. You know, like, like the only thing standing between him and hell is me. And what if, what if David needs me? 
Hey man, um, sorry about that. <clears throat> what if he's what if he's counting on me? So I'm crazy enough to believe that it's still the way Jesus said it when he said that we are called to go into the highways and byways and compel people, right? That Jesus said that it's he came and he left it for us. Like he came and he and he sent his son, he died on the cross, but then he said, Hey, I'm leaving, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit take this thing home, bring this thing across the finish line, right? And so I just believe that there is still an element in our lives that require us to share our faith and to reach people and to help the hurting. Somebody say amen. And so it's not like, oh, it's on us. This is a negative. It's a privilege that literally God was like, hey, here you go. This is set up, alley-oop, dunk this thing home. But the problem is a lot of our culture in church and Christianity has turned into self-help me, help me be a happier, better Christian, instead of what the church is actually called is the called out ones. Church literally means the called out ones. We're called out to what? The highways and the byways to reach people and help the hurting. Somebody say amen. And so here last week, we started this campaign. We decided uh, how fun would it be for 21 days uh, leading up to our open house? How fun would it be if we all wore a wristband? And so that's where it starts. If we all got this wristband and it glows in the dark, if you haven't seen it yet, and so it's really fun. And uh, what's cool about it is the idea is every time you see it, you just, you're reminded to pray. Pray for somebody that's going to be here. Pray for somebody that's going to come to the open house and have their first time encounter with God. Or maybe they've been, uh, I hate the term far away from God because there's no such thing as that, but maybe they've fallen away from, from church or their beliefs or how they maybe. But the idea is let's pray for somebody that can be here and, and make that connection again with family like this, a church of people who love them and connect them with them and receive them. And so, so last week we said for the next 21 days, we're all going to be praying together, asking God, hey, who can we invite? Who can we bump into? Who, who may be at the store? Can we make a connection with and invite here? And God lines it all up. And so we started that. And then every day we put out a different scripture on our Facebook and, and we've been praying that scripture together as a church. And, and, and what does it look like you know, if God gets behind that and answers our prayers and what would it look like for Zealand in our community and so so we started that and then the other thing there is the chair and so for the the next three weeks and so we started last week this week and then next week uh, these chairs here uh, they're fun uh, because they look like a pot pie blew up in here. They're like orange and yellow and green. And so when we first launched the church, we're like, oh man, those chairs, they're actually owned by City on a Hill, not us. And so um, for basically a year and a half, we've been like, uh, you know, every time we were going to spend money on chairs, we were like, let's give the money to the splash pad, or we made a donation to this other thing. And so we were always using that money for something else. But we said, hey, how fun would it be if we attached our faith to something as simple as the chair. Because I believe, I'm not the Christian television guy that's like, if you sow a seed of 777, God will fill your house with 777,000 golden calves. Or I don't know, you know. Uh, I'm not that. But I do believe if you sow a seed of resource or financially where there's lack, then it gives God the opportunity to step in and, and meet that need. Amen? And so we're saying, hey, God, we believe that that chair represents a soul, somebody who, who, who who's, has a lack in their life. And so let's take our one-for-one for, one for the next three weeks, our one-for-one one jar, and say, what would it look like if every one of us bought one chair? And so a chair costs $30. And so if all of us came together and we all, you know, so a couple pays 60 and, and an individual pays 30. And so if we all bought one chair, but not just to buy a chair, but to buy a chair 
and go, hey, I believe that someday somebody that I'm praying for is going to sit in that chair and have an encounter with God. Somebody say amen. And so it's living beyond this self-help, a Christian for myself. It's saying like, hey, let's look outside focus. Let's look outside of here and, uh, and reach people. So 21 days of prayer, we're praying for people. And we're literally providing a seat for them. We're saying, I believe you're going to sit in this seat. And God gets behind that kind of stuff. And then lastly is invite. Uh, on your seat, there's a little invitation card that comes with your packet. Our idea for the next couple of weeks is to be vertical church ninjas. You're just like whipping those cards out and you're giving them to you. You're hiding them in places. And so uh, there's those cards on your seat to take with you. But at our information bar, we've got a whole stack of them as well. And so uh, just take those with you. Have them in your car. Have them in your wallet. And uh, again, don't be like that guy in the video making like some crazy scene and, hey, I got this card and uh, I'm washed in the blood, but are you washed in the blood? <laughs> like we don't want that. Uh, but just real normal, like you saw there, because like we heard, you never know somebody you bump into. It might be that they're counting on you. They don't know it. I mean, this open house literally could be your neighbors counting on you, could be the person that you're working with counting on you. And uh, the good thing is statistics support us. They say that over 90% of people that uh, were polled, they said, hey, would you attend somebody's church? Would you go to church with somebody if they asked you? Over 90% said, yeah, I'd take them up on that. I'd try that. And the thing is about our areas, we're very misconceived about our area. We think, well, oh, this is Grand Rapids and there's West Michigan and eh, there's churches on every corner. While that's true, Grand Rapids came in as the 37th most unchurched city in the nation. Grand Rapids ranks third as the most unchurched city in Michigan. We're behind Detroit and Flint. Uh, and so there's a huge need in our area. We think like, oh, there's a church everywhere and everybody goes to church. But we read the statistic last week that if everybody, if every church that hosts, so whether it's in a storefront, a school building, an actual church building, whatever it is, if every church service or if every church held three services on a Sunday morning, more than half of the American population would be turned away because we couldn't fit them. We need more church. We need more uh, of this type stuff. Somebody say amen. And so... We're starting, and so here's where we are. And I actually don't like campaigns. I love prayer and fasting. I love those type things. I love this. But what I don't like is, hey, everybody, like, wear a wristband, and we're going to, like, you know, mark the meter, and it's going to grow, and we're going to do this thing. Because honestly, what you're doing is you're, like, campaigning for something we should already be doing. Yeah. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so here's the deal. Today and this week, too, I want to talk about, like, this style, these things I'm already talking about should be at the core of who we are. Uh, this, we should have an undying desire to reach people. I mean, you should wake up thinking about people. You should go to sleep thinking about the hurting. It should drive you nuts when you watch the news and you hear the stories. That should eat at you. Why? Because that's why we're sent. Somebody say amen. And so for us, I want to talk about like that desire on the inside of you. Do you have a desire for the lost? I'm probably a little more, uh, you know, they have all the giftings, you know, pastor, preacher, all these things. And uh, I'm evangelistic. I grew up in church. And so there's a lot of things that I don't like about church that I saw growing up. But what I did love about church was helping people. And so I got into this not because, well, one, because God called me. But number two, not because I was like, oh, being a pastor is amazing. I saw a lot of negative that came with that. And so for me, I got into it because I love helping and reaching people. To see God on display in our communities is the most beautiful thing you can see. Amen? Uh, I love what they say uh, at Willow Creek. The pastor over there says that uh, he believes that the hope of the world 
is the body of Christ, is the local church. It's not going to come from government, right? Uh, it's not going to come from, you know, this little thing. I, I believe it's going to come from a community of people that, that, that get serious about the things of God and all the stuff that he's equipped us with, and we start reaching and loving people. It's not just faith that makes a good bumper sticker or a Bible study, but a faith that has good action behind it. Amen? So Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it says, I tell you whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and they are yours. So the kicker here in this is I tell you whatsoever things you desire. It doesn't just say pray and believe it and then you'll receive it. They literally, it's literally in here that you have to desire the thing that you're praying about. So if over these next 21 days, you're like, yeah, pastor asked us to like be praying for a couple of people to invite. If you don't desire it when you're praying, you won't receive it. Somebody say amen. So we need to go to bed saying, God, give me a desire to reach people. Give me a desire to talk to somebody. Not just, oh, I pray that we have a good open house in these 21 days. We need to be like on our face saying to God, burn in me a desire to reach people. I, I, all I want to think about is people that I can connect with and relate to. And, and, and let me first say this. Obviously, I understand it's uncomfortable. And it's not like we're going to be at the door like, I don't know if they brought anybody to the open house. I don't see. You know, we're not going to have people register. Who brought you here? <laughs> I get it. Like, we get it that it's tough. But on the other side, what we do a lot of times is we go, that's tough, that's really hard, and then we don't try. We don't even try. And most of the times when you try something, oh my gosh, that was hard, and I tried it, and it's awesome, you know? And so I'm encouraging you, like, like I'm talking about, pray for God to put that desire in you to connect with somebody and see lives changed, amen? I believe one of the major reasons we don't see the, the, the body of Christ or the church living and operating the way that God designed it to be is simply because we just don't have a church culture, not just talking about vertical church, I'm talking about church, we just don't have a church culture that, that is run with desire. We like to put stuff in a box and keep it clean and keep it safe and it's got all its programs and parameters and we leave it there. Instead of being a people that are passionate and desire, and John the Baptist, I heard a voice in the wilderness shouting and like all this like passion. Why? Because that's the way God called us to, to be. I love this about desire. Desire accepts no defeat. You hear me actually talk about this often in the last year and a half. If you look up the word desire, it's a consuming passion. The translation is not just a passion, but one that consumes you. It's an undying drive. We need to know what we desire. We need to know at the core how you feel about sharing your faith and reaching people and, and caring for others. Um, we do it real good in the natural world. And so what's funny is uh, my wife, and you guys love Jessica's story, so you're going to get a great one here. Um, this week, so I'm an instigator by personality. I just like to do that. And so my wife is an incredible decorator, and she loves to design and make everything match. And so like when we get into a new house, um, like when we work with Jess, when we work with uh, Caroline with flashcards, you know, we're like, Hey, what is this? Oh, this is a square. This is a circle. When we move into a new house, Jess sits me down and she's like, okay, Josh, sit down. These are our primary colors. What color is this? <laughs> okay. This is our secondary color. What color is this? And thirds and others. And so, okay. Now what would happen if you'd put this color with this color? I don't know. It would be disgusting. <laughs> so don't do that. And so, of course, me being the instigator, you know, like 
almost to the point that like when you choose your garbage, like I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a scared puppy. So when we moved into the house, uh, you know, you have to pick your garbage, like what garbage company are you going to go to? Cause for whatever ridiculous reason, we have like 13 dar- garbage trucks, different companies that come down our thing. So I'm sitting there like, Oh, this is a choice. Do I get black? Do I get brown? I don't even know. Uh, and uh, I just started putting garbage bags out at the end of the road. I couldn't even, but anyway. So this week, being the instigator, uh, I had to go to Lowe's and uh, Jess said, hey, you know, like, what are you getting? Because sometimes she has to police it. And uh, I said, no, for real, I just got to go in and get this screw. That's all I got to get. And, um, and so Caroline came in with me and it was so fun. And so I'm in there and I remembered uh, when we first moved into our house, uh, the shutters were green and the front door was green and uh, there was a lot of green in our mailbox is one of those plastic like full piece ones and uh, so of course we had to paint that because obviously as a good Christian you know uh, that green is evil we saw that in Genesis that <laughs> the snake you know the snake that was in the tree was a tree snake and that was green and everything that's evil comes in green I brought a picture to show you everything that's evil <laughs> is green so First thing on the list was like, hey, we got to get witchcraft out of this house. <laughs> oh, Sparty's up there. He's cute. He wears a skirt. <laughs> Go green. That's cute. Okay, he can get rid of him. But um, so anyway, uh, so here's the deal. So we had to get rid of green. So we got new shutters and we painted the front door, and so we started to get rid of our green. Well, we haven't done the mailbox yet, and so we're at Lowe's, and I remember, okay, you know, it's going to be snow soon or whatever, and so I'm going to get some spray paint, and of course, I know the colors. Like, I know the colors, but my wife and I had a great marital dispute uh, over me literally just putting out a Michigan flag, and uh, like, I had to sign a document. It will only be out in the three hours of the game, then it'll come down, <laughs> because there is no amazing blue on the front of this house, so... Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll do that. <laughs> and so anyway, so we go to the store. So I go to Lowe's and, uh, and Caroline comes in and we come out and we're sitting there and so said, oh yeah, they had it. They had the, they had the screw, you know, I got the screw or whatever. And I was like, yeah, and I, I uh, also got some spray paint for the, um, for the mailbox. She's like, you know, on her front, she's like, you, you did what? <laughs> you did, you did what? You got, I was like, yeah, I got paint. I was like, I, uh, I ordered some Michigan stickers like on Amazon or whatever, and so I got some Michigan blue. I'm going to do it blue with some stickers that don't match the flag. And she was like, I hope you're joking. <laughs> like, it's like, no, what do you mean? It's, <laughs> this is my favorite excuse. I'm doing all that I can to hold it in because, like, I'm going to work this for a minute. She's freaking out, you know. And, uh, and, so, <laughs> and so I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I thought maybe it would tie in. Like, I try to act like I know what I'm doing. I thought it would, like, tie in the mailbox to the flag and, like, make it all work, you know. And she's like, oh my gosh, no. And this is the favorite thing she said. This is her best excuse. She goes, are you serious? When people pull up, the first thing they see is the mailbox. (laughs) Yeah, when you approach a huge house, everyone's like, oh, better check out that mailbox first. (laughs) And all of our mailboxes match everybody else's mailboxes. Oh, it's so fun. And so I'm like, no, I got navy blue and I got these stickers that I got. And we were running errands. And so I was like, hey, what's the next store that we need to go to? I can't even go in another store right now. Like, I can't believe that you got navy blue. I'm so mad right now. And we didn't even talk about it. (laughs) And I showed her that it was black, which was the right color. And uh, I was like, you need to get saved. Seriously. I said, I'm praying for you the next 21 days. I have this open house that we're doing. But here's my point with it. Having a lot of fun. I'm excited that she's passionate about that because I don't have to 
paint anything or deal with anything like that. But here's the deal. She knows, she knows what her desire is in her decorating or her whatever. I wish we were that serious as a church and as a people about what we believe about reaching people. Somebody say amen. I wish that you couldn't even go in another store because of something you've seen or heard that was not of God. And it irritated you to the point that you didn't want to take your next step until you made that right. Somebody say amen. And so that's how we need to live. We need to be a people with some passion. Desire is the difference between winners and losers. There is no substitute or replacement for desire. When you're called to be passionate and desired about desire, full of desire about something, it's not like, oh, I'm going to be a little bit more of this and that'll make up for it. No, when you're called to be full of desire, you, there is no other replacement. That's what it takes. And that's how we got to be about reaching people so full of desire to see their needs met. Amen? Faithful in the little and God will give you more is what we know the scripture says. That means full of faith. Not just like, oh, I dabble in it a little bit or whatever. You got to be a people that are full of faith and God will give you more. Well, what does it mean to be full of faith? It's somebody that's so full of faith in God that you're so full, you're so passionate in the things that God does and says in your life. Amen. Pastor Sean was with us a couple of weeks ago and we went to lunch and we were talking about this idea that he said in his sermon, he was talking about wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow people, you know, and uh, we talked more about it in a leadership sense at lunch and it's, it has not got out of me because uh, it's so frustrating. What I love about a new church, us being a new church, is that we're sort of entrepreneurial. We get to try new things and do new stuff and add new people or whatever. And so that's beautiful because you get a lot of people rolling up their sleeves and, and helping and they want to make a difference in their community. But now that we're a year and a half old, you also start to see this tendency of wheelbarrow. And so, yeah, people come to you and they see that you're a new work and they say, oh, God has called me to do this big thing, this big thing. And we say, awesome. That's sweet. That's great. Hey, you know, work on it. We, we're with you. We're praying for you. We're cheering for you. And then you just say, yeah, do that. That thing's amazing and you should do that. And then all of a sudden what happens is over time, they come into your ministry. We want to support you. We want to do this thing. Okay, cool. But then what they actually want you to do is do all the work for them. They say, hey, uh, I see you got that wheelbarrow there, and uh, I see what God's doing in the church. I would love to get in your wheelbarrow, and you just push me to the thing that I'm called to do. But that's not the church's role. You say, well, wait a minute. Isn't the church supposed to support people? Absolutely. It's supposed to support you like this. Hey, get your wheelbarrow over there, and I got my wheelbarrow here, and we're all going to wheelbarrow. And if yours tips over, I'm going to pick you up because I love you and I care about you. But we got to run with what God's called all of us to. Somebody say amen. And the problem is, as a church culture, we don't see people with a desire to just pick up that wheelbarrow and go. And uh, maybe it was a mistranslation when he said those that uh, put their hand to the plow and look back are not fit. Maybe it was supposed to be wheelbarrow. <laughs> it was like, hey, if you aren't fit to just run that thing, it's okay if we fall. It's okay if our stuff tips out. The church is there to help you and pick you up with that. But get a desire about something you're passionate to push, amen? And the culture is, oh, we want to, you know, a book about the next best life and five ways to be this and that. But that's not how Jesus showed us the example. He went to the cross. He carried a cross. He did hard things to provide for others' lives. Amen? We do hard things. We take up our cross. We sacrifice of ourselves so that others may have life. Amen? That's what we're called to do. I thought about it like this. Maddie, you can come play. Proverbs 28, 19 says this. I'm going to mess with this scripture a little bit, and I hope it doesn't offend you because this is just how I read the Bible. And so if you're mad about it, uh, maybe we'll get to heaven at the same time and we can talk to God about it together. But 
at this point, I don't really care. <laughs> those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. Let me play with this a little bit. I'm really not like trying to change scripture or read whatever. But you could say it about this. The things that you're called to, essentially your community or your land, those who work their land will have abundant food. Food is provision, right? Those of you who are passionate about the community that you're called to and you work it, not in a manipulative, like weirdo way, but in a way that like you care, you're involved, kids hope, children's, all these things that we do, you're working your community, you'll have plenty of abundance. But those who chase fantasies or just live behind Christian bumper stickers and all the catchphrases or whatever, you're gonna have your fill of what? Lack, lack, let's say lack there. And again, I'm not, again, rewriting scripture or whatever, but could it, could it be here that this is the same principle for us as Christians? Like, hey, if we, if we don't go out and connect with people, if we don't work to love on people, if we don't work to relate and to connect, then we're going to lack substance or food as a church, amen? And so it's important for us to be a people who don't want lack in our lives and in our communities. The problem is a lot of times, like our passions go to, how am I going to get the next house? How am I going to get the next car? How am I going to get the next school to put the kid in and do this and this kind of stuff? And our desires and our passions and all those things are fine. It's okay for us to have goals in life. But if we're just leaving the things of God in our life to be out there in these fantasies, you're going to see lack in your life. Amen. I read earlier, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, therefore, I tell you whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and they are yours. The word pray here in some translations is the word seek. Whatsoever things you seek or you pursue God for when you pray, believe that you have received them and they are yours. We know the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else shall be added to you. Seek is to desire. We know the scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst are desire words. Those are words of desire. So in your life, seek, pursue, and then God adds everything else. So if you're a people, if we're a people who don't seek and desire, then we will not have things added unto us. It's huge for us to just not be a people who come to a place like this just to get a little blessing and then leave. Our desire should not be to just like get a little encouraging little thing and then no, we, we got to be a people who come to, to have our desire filled and encouraged and aflamed so that we can go out there and continue to do what we really desire on the inside to do. Amen? Scripture says about Elisha, the plowboy, he asked for a double portion. He said about Elijah, I want a double portion of all the miracles that he did. So he blesses him with that, but he dies one miracle short. What happened? He was promised a double portion. He's one short. Scripture says they throw him in a cave. And a cave is where when there was war, they would take the dead bodies and throw those bodies into the cave. Well, Elisha dies. There's a cave that has dry bones in it. And they take him and they throw him in there. And when his desire meets, touches a dead body, says that it came back to life. Why? Because God honored desire even after death. Somebody say amen. What things in your life do you feel like have gone dead? What things in your life do you feel like there's no way this thing's coming back, but you still have the desire for it? Be praying that these next 21 days, that God can cause that thing to come back. Amen? I love this. Paul said, I get knocked down, but I get back up. It's not a problem if you're knocked down. It's a problem if you don't get back up. 
Jacob said, I will not stop until you bless me. He had desire. Jesus, we know he did things like he prayed in the garden, so much so that he bled instead of sweat, fasted for 40 days in the desert, all these things. And this is what was said about him praying uh, in Hebrews 5, 7. It says, in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers, he did it with strong desire and strong crying. They went out of their way to talk about the passion in which he prayed, in which he, could it be said about your life, the way that you reach people and pray for people and look to help people? Could it be said that it's done with strong desire? I hope it is about our lives. I hope this little next 21 days is not just a wristband and a chair and a, let's put some desire and some passion behind the things that we're getting into and let's see some lives changed. Amen. I love it about the Apostle Paul. They have all these things to say about his physical body and all the things that were wrong with him, but then also the things that happened to him in life. He got the 40 stripes of the Jews three times, which is, you know, they're basically cutting at him. Three times he was beaten with the rod, and at some point, uh, at some times in the scriptures, that, that kills men. One time he literally was set out to be stoned to death and lived. Uh, but he was that. And then twice he was shipwrecked. And then when talked about it in his writings, he said, none of these things moved me. What does that mean? None of these things stole my desire. I was still about what God called me to be about. You have to have such a core part of you for reaching people that, hey, it doesn't matter what's going on. doesn't matter how uncomfortable I may feel when I talk to them and reach them and ask them and invite them. I don't care how I feel about it. Nothing's going to steal my desire to see lives transformed. Amen? We don't need a bigger church. We don't need that. What we need is more lives changed in our community. I don't care if it's here or anywhere else. We say that at the end of every salvation thing. Hey, we hope it's here. We'd love for it to be here. We love people. But if it's any other great church in town, that's a win. My mentor always said this, when the tide is high all boats rise. So if that church is doing good and that church is doing good and we're all doing good, we all win. Somebody say amen. So let's be out and reach people. Amen. I want to close it with this scripture I read for tithe. We'll use it as our 21 day of prayer scripture. We'll, we'll post it later. But it says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister in need or who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. What good is it for us to say, hey, have a good day. I see that you're hurting, but I'm not gonna invite you to this place that's helped heal me. Have a good day. No good. We don't wanna be a people that live in a little church bubble we want to exist outside of here because we care about helping the hurting. Somebody say amen. Won't you stand? So these 21 days of prayer, I hope you hear my heart that I don't want it to be just like a fall program that we do and da, da, da. I hate that. I want it to be a passion that's birthed and burning on the inside of us. I hope it's the infinity days of prayer from here on out, okay? But these next 21 days, when the scriptures go out on social media or when you see your thing and you think about it, if you have little kids, you see it a lot because my daughter's like, let's go in the bathroom and close the door because there's no windows and it glows. Like, man, we pray a lot. <laughs> but seriously, teach your kids about it. 
pick something and they have little invite cards up in their kids' space and they're inviting all their friends to the open house, not because we need a bigger church, but because we need to help the hurting and we need to connect with people. Life is way too hard to do by yourself. And that's what God said in scripture all the way back in Genesis. Oh, Adam is alone. That's not a good thing. We need to be a people that come alongside people, love people, connect with people. And I believe God then steps in, moves, and heals and restores. Amen? Prayer team's going to come forward. As they're coming forward, I'm going to get ready to close out in prayer. But encouraging you in this, uh, our one-for-one campaign, here's what you can do. The jar's out there. We got our little one-for-one jar. If you're unfamiliar with that, it's just a little glass jar. And uh, if you, if you want to jump in and buy a chair... Uh, obviously, I realize you've got to talk with your spouse and figure all that out, but uh, we'll be doing that today and then next week as well. There's also a drop-down menu online uh, that you can select one for one if you want to do it online too when you log in there. But all of that, if you write a check and do all that kind of stuff, all of that uh, is kept track. It's a charitable donation. And so uh, you do your check. We'll keep that all balanced with all your regular giving. Just wanted you to know that. So um, all of that's available right out at our information booth, and you can do it online as well. But when you drop that check or when you write that check, literally be thinking and praying and asking God, man, who's going to sit in this chair that you can lead me to? And if you want to say random grocery store person, (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) What if we grocery shopped in a way that it was like, hey, who here? Because if you go to Walmart... (laughs) They have good deals <laughs> on people that need to come to church. <laughs> uh, let's pray. God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for everything that you're doing here. God, we have a heart for the hurting. Uh, God, literally, we want to be a people that walk through grocery stores and, and find the hurting. Not from a high horse, but from a, hey, like I care about you. I want to get to know you. I want you to see how much I care. God, we want to be like Abraham. We've been blessed, so we want to turn that blessing on to others. God, let us have the words. Let us have the heart. Let us have the desire to reach people. Burn that in us today. We don't want our faith to be dead and useless. We want it to be stirred towards action. In Jesus' name, amen.